Welcome into episode 161 of the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network, presented by Underdog Fantasy. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. As always, I'm joined by Andy at ASTARFF. How are you doing tonight, Andy? I'm doing very well, actually. I'm just getting over COVID. This is the first time I've had it and since we all started this mess, but it wasn't too bad, honestly. Well, that's, that is the good news. I'm sorry to hear that you got that, but I'm glad that everything is okay. Speaking of being okay, I did very well in my uh, C2C league this this week. And uh, in fact, I had the high score for the week, if I remember correctly. So that is always uh, some good news. I am currently in second place. So I'm feeling pretty good about my team, feeling pretty good about my Debbie takes and C2C takes. <laughs> Who are your uh, MVPs on that team? Who was putting up the points last week? Um, Xavier Hutchinson, Blake Corum, uh, Jalen Daniels, and Jaden Daniels. Uh, I have the Daniels brothers, and uh, and which I just, the first week that I started Jalen Daniels, uh, and then he I think he put up like thirty four points or something. Like a, he had a pretty good week, whatever it was. Um, you know, it's not like game breaker or anything like that, but definitely good enough to be starting. And I'm glad that I picked him up. And um, trying to think, Sean Tucker, but he didn't really do much this week. Uh, unfortunately, I have Ja'Cory Brooks, and he did hardly anything this week. <laughs> and but yeah, I mean, I I definitely have Zay Flowers that we'll probably be talking about in, in a little bit. <laughs> so Ooh, yeah. tease there. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, pretty good week. Uh, pretty good first couple of weeks or first few weeks. And like I said, I'm sitting in second place. My the the only person that's ahead of me is my co-host on the Debbie Devotional, who, oh. who is undefeated. So I and I guess uh, it's pretty good. I I surround myself with smart Debbie people. <laughs> I was gonna say if if I was in that league with you, I don't think you'd have Jalen Daniels on your team because there's a ten out of ten chance I would have drafted him. <laughs> I honestly like it. I, I liked him when I started looking at him and everything. I didn't really know too much about him, uh, even like going into the draft. Uh, admittedly. I'm more of a uh, of a Devi player and not a, a, a campus to Canton player. You know, this is my first uh, air, uh, foray into it, so I I kind of wanted to see, but I, I didn't really know a lot about Jalen Daniels, honestly. Like I, but I now I do, and and I'm happy that he's on my team, <laughs> and, and I guess I'm happy that you're not in my league. So it's like you said too. There's like three Jay Daniels quarterbacks in college football right now. I think he might actually be the best one. You know, and that includes <laughs> Jaden and JT Daniels, who, you know, both of them have been top four round De- Debbie picks at one point in their life. Yep. So that's true. He really might be. I mean, like I said, he's looking pretty good. I It became a joke once I got Jaden and Jalen that, uh, you know, people are like, are you going to get JT Daniels too? And I, I tried to, but somebody took him like a half around before me. And so it didn't, didn't work out. I didn't get the three J Daniels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we're not just here to talk about my league and my teams, even though it's fun for me. Might be boring for you guys. <laughs> we're here to talk about some uh, some football goings on that uh, happened last week, and you know we had uh, had some more college football, good college football, not quite as many upsets as last time <laughs> or, or craziness as up to, as last time, but uh, you know still some good games and, and some good football. I. Uh, I was actually right for the first time on, on one of my picks. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, guaranteed pick. I mean, it just, you know, you, that's what you get when I, when I guarantee it, you know what you're getting. You were due. <laughs> and I, and I missed for the first time. So 
see, you were due, I was due, we were all due. But why don't we go ahead and talk about a player that I've talked about before uh, as a player that I like, and it is uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Unfortunately, they lost their top uh, wide receiver in Xavier Restrepo, and it uh, looks like he's out indefinitely with a foot injury, which is definitely not great when you consider the talent that they have in their wide receiver core. And basically, you know, the, the question is, is like, is Tyler Van Dyke screwed now? And I, I don't know. I'm a little concerned. What about you? Yeah. So, yeah, Restrepo goes down, didn't play at all last week. I think now this week they announced that he's going to be out at least six weeks. So, you know, that's basically the rest of the regular season. Um and then, yeah, without Restrepo, failed to score a touchdown against Texas A&M, who does have a great defense, admittedly. Uh, but I think the ad- absence really uh, forced me to put the lens on Tyler Van Dyke for the first time. We know he balled out against Bethune-Cookman in week one. Um, but he's kind of been on the struggle bus since then. So in the last two games, uh, he played Texas A&M and then before that, uh, Southern Miss. His completion percentage is now at 58% in those games. He's only thrown one TD on 69 attempts. He also threw a pick. His yards per attempt is under seven in those games. I had my doubts, I'll say, on him getting first round love in the mock drafts this summer. I'm starting to feel a little vindicated about those doubts. Um, But I think the overall take is just what I've been saying all offseason is that this 2023 QB class isn't this five to seven player deep first round talent that Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper were trying to sell you this offseason. Tyler Van Dyke is down. Anthony Richardson's way down. We already talked about him extensively. And, you know, just go down the list. Will Levis, uh, you know, outside of those Stroud and Young, I don't really want, I'm not really comfortable, you know, saying that any of those guys are going to be NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, and I've, I've been a fan of Van Dyke in the past and and even now, but uh, maybe not as much just because like you said, it has been a little bit of a struggle so far. He started off hot, but it was against no one and, um, and everything. But Van Dyke was never in the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud tier for me, like as much as I liked him and and thought that he was going to be good. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not out. I'm not an NFL scout. Like I don't make the rules of who goes in the first round or whatever, but as far as I'm concerned, the top tier guys should be the only ones going in the first round. So, like, I never expected Van Dyke to be a first-round QB or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to say, like, I liked him, but it, it was like one of those guys where, you you know, you hope for the best. They go in the second round or, or whatever, and, and Jalen Hurts style, you know, you just hope for the best. But he's not Jalen Hurts either. I It is very, very uh, – uh, it's making me nervous, you know, that he just has no one to throw to, unfortunately. And it's not even like Restrepo was all that amazing either. Um, it's just that he was the best of the worst. And, um, you know, we're hoping that maybe uh, Michael Redding can step up, and, you know, like he – but he's done really nothing. I mean, he, he he has 105 yards so far this season, and that's the most of his career, uh, his three-year college career. So it just goes to show uh, what he's done so far. And, you know, Restrepo is kind of similar, like where he hadn't done, you know, too much. And, and now, like, he was he was the number one. But it, I will say one thing I like about a, a QB or, you know, yeah, a, a QB when they lose their, like, starters, when they lose, like, their best players, I like to look at, are, do they start force-feeding it? Do they start trying to force it and throw a bunch of interceptions because of it? Like, that kind of thing. And 
Van Dyke hasn't done that. So even though he even though he might not be looking amazing right now, he, he doesn't have like five interceptions because he's trying to force the ball, you know, down people's throats or anything like that either. So I think there's still some good news, but I, I think the odds of him being a first round QB at this point have definitely gone way down. Yeah. I will say, you know, with Restrepo out, uh, Will Mallory looked like, you know, he kind of took advantage of his absence and was able to grab six catches last week. So maybe that's a guy who can take advantage and, you know, become one of the top tight ends to potentially get drafted this year. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping that somebody's going to step up, uh, you know, what, whether it, but it's just like, what the hell are you doing, Miami? Like, how do you not have any wide receivers? <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, you know, you lost uh, Ezekanma and uh, shit, what was the other player's name? I can't think of it. But You think like, uh, Charleston Rambo. Yeah, yeah, Rambo. <laughs> thank you. It's But, like, it's not like Rambo was amazing, but he was clearly, like, a kind of an NFL talent. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, people are kind of excited about Ezekanma, but, you know, he wasn't this – you know, high, high pick. He was a day three he was pick a, and everything. <clears throat> As a convo was Texas tech though. He, he, played, he, he went to the, Miami oh, he's Dolphins. in Miami now. Yeah. yeah. That's what, okay. My bad. Yeah. I'm thinking of Charleston uh, I, Rambo. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm, I'm losing my mind, but yeah, he is in Miami now. He was not in Miami before, but yeah, as a convo was a much better player, but he still wasn't <laughs> all that great. Uh, not in, in Miami though. Uh, yeah. So Charleston Rambo, not like a true NFL talent, but, uh, is he even on a roster now? I I, I know I think he, he he was probably on a practice squad somewhere. Yeah, he's on a practice squad. So uh, wrong way and long way of saying that they they didn't have much talent around them before. Like what the hell? I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, but hopefully Van Dyke can can still show us something. Like he looked pretty good last year. I know it's a you know it's a new scheme and a new fit, and you know maybe. Maybe the concerns were right when they said, you know, people were saying in the offseason that they, they weren't sure if the fit was going to be right or if it was going to really work out all that well for the passing offense. And uh, it's definitely not looking great, but I don't know that I'm blaming Van Dyke, but NFL scouts might. <laughs> right, absolutely. Uh, speaking of getting blamed, Herm Edwards was fired <laughs> from Arizona State, and uh, I believe that the blame was properly placed in this one because, man, he just screwed up everything for that team. Um, I honestly didn't follow it all that much you know, in the past because, like I said before, I didn't really truly follow college football. I just followed the players before. I'm getting back into it. Uh, but just knowing what I know now and everything, and like I don't understand why he wasn't fired quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with all the controversies and with like the staff and everything last year, uh, it was hard to see like why anyone was retained uh, after that. And then they obviously had the mass exodus of a lot of their players transferring out, off the field, uh, losing to Eastern Michigan, which is like the first time a Mac team ever beat anyone in the Pac-12. Um, as far as like this is concerned, Debbie-wise, um, obviously Arizona State recently put Rashad White into the NFL, so they are a program that can produce NFL talent. I think Invalidate could end up being a sexy pick next year, uh, despite being six years removed from high school. He's not going to be like a you know first or second round dynasty rookie picker or anything, but I think he's going to find his way into an NFL team. And then Elijah Badger, the wide receivers looked all right. But th like you said, the team is just down bad this year. 
it doesn't really move the needle much for me. I'm just hoping that they can make a good hire in the offseason. Yeah, I just I wonder or I worry about like what all is going to happen because I know there's there's people are talking about there there's going to be sanctions for the team and and everything and you know what what's that going to mean for recruiting like how long is it going to take for this to really turn around now I guess we've seen recently like Penn State be able to turn it around pretty quickly and and things like that even though I think that was a little worse but um, you know as far as like the sanctions and, and what all happened there but I'm just. Uh, I'm worried that everyone left, you know, like Jaden Daniels, like so many, so many players left, whether it was going to the NFL or just leaving because they wanted nothing to do with that team. And, you know, now uh, who are you going to bring in? That's just going to make somebody like excited. It's going to be really tough. No one's like jumping over bridges to, to go get that job or anything like that. And I think you're going to have to hope for the best with uh, some young guy that's just trying to prove himself at this point. Yeah, especially considering like the state of the Pac-12 right now, which is it even going to be the Pac-12 in two years? We don't really even know. So Arizona State's not a a place or a team I'd want to be associated with right now. No, and that's probably about as much as we need to talk about them. So why don't we go ahead and dive into the next one uh, where we have the Washington Huskies jumped into the top 25. And, you know, so that kind of begs the question, is there anyone on the team that's worth a damn in Debbie? Uh, I, I have a couple guys that I'm interested in, but I'm, I'm curious to see who you, you think or what you think. I also have exactly a couple guys that I'm interested in. Um, <laughs> so it starts out, I was looking at some mock drafts this week because what else to do with you when you've got way too much time in your hands but uh which i don't uh but anyway (laughs) cbs sports put out a mock draft and super senior michael Penix was going late in the first round and i gotta tell you i don't really hate it uh right now his qbr sits at 88.6 this season he's got 10 touchdowns to one interception he's already over a thousand yards passing he hit he's got all the metrics for nfl success hit right now for this season. Uh, if you're looking for like the Kenny Pickett of this draft, as in the guy who was, you know, kind of mediocre his whole career, but then broke out as a fifth year guy, Penix could be that guy. Uh, he's mobile enough to extend some plays. Everyone probably remembers him scrambling and getting that two point conversion to beat Penn state a couple of years ago when he was at Indiana. Uh, so honestly, yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, if you want to grab him on waivers and C to C, if he's still there, he's probably not there anymore. Honestly, uh, he might be though. Um, but aside from Penix, I think the other guy that I'm interested in is wide receiver Jalen McMillan, who's looked good. Uh, I know a lot of people were probably excited for the Sam Heward era to begin at UW, uh, but good for Penix to transfer into this situation, get himself an opportunity and maybe get some draft capital next April. Yeah, I mean, Penix has clearly, you know, done that. He he's helped himself a lot. If if he's going to be an NFL QB or if he's going to get drafted, uh, I just don't. I don't believe in it. I I really don't. I think he's fool's gold. Um, especially just who they played the first three weeks of the season. Now the thing is, they have an extremely easy schedule, so I don't know that's truly going to change. Like I think they have like one team that they're probably going to struggle against, and then everyone else is like, it's just. I mean, it's the Pac-12, uh, but, you know, they, they've started off just playing just about no one. And, you know, even Michigan State isn't isn't really worth a damn right now. So I, I think that it's pretty easy to look at and see that, you know, he's 
doubled and tripled his uh, metrics from last year, from the pre- previous four years. So, you know, you have to wonder, can we believe this three-game sample? Now, I believe that he is in a better situation than he was before, and he is playing better. I just don't know that it's actually going to translate to the, you know, to the uh, NFL. Now, could he get a boost and, and be drafted and you can take advantage of that draft capital and all that kind of stuff? Sure. And, you know, maybe that's a possibility. But my thing has always been, like, I want to draft the players that I actually think are going to be good in the NFL. And I don't see that with Penix. So um, I I get playing the value game. And if you can do that, you know, great. But, I, yeah, he's a pretty hard pass for me. As far as McMillan, I'm – he's starting off pretty hot once again with the very easy schedule and all that kind of stuff, but it's nothing amazing. Like I, I'm not overly excited about him either. I'm, I kind of have him in that like Parker Washington tier right now. Um, you know, we'll see where he ends up, but like so far this year, he has a 26.42% uh, market share and a 19.3 yards per reception, which, you know, all sounds pretty good. Uh, the 19.3 yards sounds great, except for when you look at the actual, Oh, and we lost Andy. So I'll go ahead and take uh, this off for a second. And we will just look at me. (laughs) But basically, the first two games came against uh, Kent State and uh, Portland State. And we got Andy back. So there we go. Switch us over. Sorry about that, boys. Um, All right. So what I was saying is he... Like he he looks pretty good, or his stats look pretty good for the through the first three games, but two of those games were against Kent State and Portland State, um, and so you know it's not like his numbers are amazing right now or anything like that, where you have to think that he's just dominating uh, anybody. So I think he's going to be in that like tier four, tier five for the class, and you know once he could be drafted, but it's probably going to be day three when it's all said and done. So I'm really not excited about either two or either one of the two. But, you know, if they're going to be drafted, I guess you have to have them on a team if they're on the waivers or anything like that. Yeah. And there's a reason I com- uh, compared Penix to Kenny Pickett. And like you said, it's playing the value game. I don't think Pickett's going to be an NFL quarterback. Well, I, he's clearly in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be like a QB1 fantasy relevant NFL quarterback, I should say. So, you know, Penix is having this career year, this resurgent year. I think the value could be there if he continues this down the stretch and gets that draft capital. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, John. I don't, I'm not sold on him being like, you know, the next Patrick Mahomes or anything. <laughs> right. I agree. And on and a completely different note, but coming from that Michigan state game, uh, the Jalen burger that we saw in that game is the Jalen burger that I expected to see this season. So uh, I'm not trying to like victory lap off of one game, but I think they're not to say we were concerned, but I, we were, we were a little like taken aback that maybe we were wrong about Jalen Berger. And yet, you know, things kind of uh, halted pretty quickly there in that, that week three. So we'll see what happens, but uh, you know, maybe we weren't quite as wrong as we were led to believe there, (laughs) but the schedule doesn't get any easier for them in the big 10 either. That's for sure. No, exactly. And I, I think, you know, I'm never trying to root against a player or anything like that, but I just, I just don't think he's, he's that, that talent. He's not a Rashad white. He's not, you know, he's not th- those kind of players, but um, we will actually, let's take a little break. And then when we come back, we'll actually talk about some hits and misses uh, that we've had so far in the off season or the early parts of the season. And, uh, We'll we'll get into that here in just a second. Jalen Hurts was 
he was fantastic. His overall grade was 76.8, but he was even better as a passer. It was 80.8, according to PFF. That is that's ridiculous. Now the Lions, they're suspect whenever it comes to the secondary. So that's one thing to think about. But he still looked really good. And Miles Sanders, he got a touchdown. Yeah, thank two. goodness. He got you're right. He had two touchdowns. Yep. Thank goodness. So maybe he also has another good week, or maybe Jalen Hurts snipes some rushing touchdowns from him. Either way, I'm really looking at those two as smash plays this week. Um Anywhere that you can, if you're playing DFS, definitely go and start looking at them. Uh, maybe spend a little bit of extra money on them this week. The Eagles have started off hot, and the Fantasy Walkabout has started off hot as well. Make sure you check them out. They will be back on Friday night. But let's go ahead and get into some hits and misses of our uh, early season, uh, you know, short season so far. And, you know, we, we can't get them all right, but why don't we start with the misses and then we'll we'll get into the good stuff there in a second. Uh, who was your big miss so far of the offseason? Uh, so I had a couple in, like, my Campus to Canton threads. Most notably was Ty Edwards for Texas San Antonio and then Tyrone Tracy, the Purdue wide receiver, I, I knew it was going to be an Iowa transfer wide receiver that was going to break out there, but I just picked the wrong one. Huge years. Uh, we might be losing Andy again. <laughs> uh, he's definitely having some connection issues there. Uh, we'll see if he's coming back. It doesn't seem like it. Well, so, Oh, there you are. Uh, we lost you for a second. <laughs> man, I don't know what is going on right now. I apologize, but uh, no problem. Delete. Yeah, we, you got cut off there. I, I heard uh, Iowa receiver, and then you we lost you after that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, so, um, my other, I'll just jump right into my miss then. Uh, but I, I, I was going to talk about the Oregon wide receivers. So I had really high hopes for them this year. Uh, even going so far as to say that they were the best group in the Pac-12. Uh, as of right now, Troy Franklin has looked decent. Seven McGee, who I really thought was going to excel as the slot guy, has only caught four passes on five targets. Uh, likewise, Dante Thornton only has six catches. I'm going to go ahead and blame Bo Nix and therefore blame the coaching as well. This offense is just really boring. Uh, it's so far removed from when the Duck was doing 70 push-ups every week in the Chip Kelly era. Uh, I'm just sick of Bo Nix. Uh, I can't wait for them to either, you know, pull the hick, uh, put Ty Thompson in to get a shot this year uh, or, you know, we'll just have to wait till Dante Moore takes over next year. Uh, but it's just a boring offense. I, I feel bad for these wide receivers because I do think they're talented. There's just nothing in this offense for them. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'm not saying that I was like extremely excited about Deontay Thornton, but I was hoping that maybe he could possibly break out and, and do something. Um, I like Troy Franklin as well. Uh, you know, it, it just, the offense, <laughs> they've only thrown for 672 yards so far uh, so far this season. So, or at least Bo Nix has. Uh, not not the greatest, especially you know when you're considering that they're uh, playing in the Pac-12. So you know you're definitely hoping for closer to a thousand yards uh, passing uh, through three games when you're in the Pac-12. But yeah, uh, you know it's it's okay. It's okay to be wrong every once in a while, <laughs> as long as it's not as long as you know it's not too often. 
Speaking of which, I already talked about last week how I was wrong on Rocket Sanders, and I stand by that. You know, dude looks great. Um, I'm not going to talk about that one. I'm going to talk about another time that I was wrong, believe it or not. Uh, and honestly, like, it sounds crazy because I'm, I don't want it to sound like I hated this player or I ever thought he was bad because I definitely did not. But I was a little bit lower on Marvin Harrison Jr. than I probably should have been. And uh, so I think that, you know, it's it's easy to just say I was wrong uh, when it comes to that because I, you know, I was saying I didn't want to draft him as high as people were taking him and, and all that kind of stuff. And clearly that was not the smart decision there. Uh, now, I, I in my defense, I really liked Amika Ekbuka, and he's doing great as well. So it's not like I was, you know, terrible in my decision making or anything like that. But I, I would like to have both. And you know, the the way that I was thinking, I definitely was not going to get both. Uh, but he looks like Harrison Jr. looks like he might actually be a special player. And I mean, it's Ohio State. Like I probably should have figured that out anyway. <laughs> yeah, they've. I mean, with Jackson Smith and Jigba missing some time there him and Agbuka have really shown out. So yeah, both of them stock up. They should be drafted, you know, in the first, first round next year for all your Debbie draft. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you cut out for a second, but you're back. back? So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. You're back. Um, yeah. They should be first round picks and, and uh, you know, both of them are going to be special, but I was wrong on Marvin Harrison jr. And, and I'm okay admitting it now, at least it only took a few games for me to admit it. And it's not like I'm sitting here two seasons in going, no, this dude still sucks. <laughs> but why don't we get into the good news and talk about some of our hits? I'll go ahead and start with mine. You can finish with yours. And uh, this is one of my favorite players of the offseason. And I kind of, I'm starting to feel a little like vindicated because, not to say that no one was talking about Zay Flowers, but I really felt like I was tooting, tooting his horn like more than anyone else. And uh, through three games, he's looking pretty damn good. And it's not even like the offense is really like clicking on or firing on all cylinders or anything like that. Uh, but. In just three games so far this season, he already has 40% of his 2021 yards and 60% of his 2021 touchdowns. So that just goes to show you like the start of the season that he has. And I really believe that, you know, everything that happened last year, the reason why he ended up not coming out mostly or all had to do with the QB play. When uh, Jerkovic went out with the injury, um, I don't even remember who the backup was. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve to be remembered, but like, he just wasn't good enough to, to do anything. And I mean, that offense was terrible, yet we saw Zay Flowers doing special things, having almost a 40% you know, tar, uh, market share in that offense. And so, you know, that's things that I look at, even when, like a, a team like Georgia, you know, when it's not a high-flying offense, you can still figure out who's the best player in this offense, you know, like a Brock Bowers, that kind of thing. So... Uh, I really liked what I saw last year with Zay, and nothing has changed my mind. If anything, he's he started off even hotter this year. I really do believe that he can end up being a first or second round pick in the NFL draft uh, when it's all said and done. And you know, people are going to write him off because he's a senior, but I think sometimes you have to look at like the situation and be like, okay, there was actually a reason why he didn't come out, and uh, you know, and and look at the player themselves, just like a Jahan Dotson from last year. I kind of feel like while I'm not really like comping the players or anything like that, it feels very similar to me um, how I felt about Jahan Dotson last year. And not to say that no one liked him or anything like that, but I just felt like I was the highest on him. 
and then he ends up going in the mid first round, you know, he ends up being a mid first round pick in the NFL draft and, and uh, he's already doing pretty nice things in the NFL uh, as we speak. So uh, I'm not saying Zay's going to start off that hot or do anything like that or be a, a top 15 pick, but I could definitely see him being a second round pick at the very least. Yeah. Zay's a guy I was big on last off season and, uh, obviously with the Jerkovic in- injury or Djokovic injury, he had that down year. And then there was talk about him maybe going pro last year, but obviously we're glad that he didn't, I think in this case, which we rarely say, obviously we want early declares, but I think in this case, it actually is going to help him out quite a bit. So good for Zay Flowers. I like it. Who's your big hit so far? All right. Well, I had a lot to choose from cause I'm right so frequently, but, uh, Let's see here. I was going to talk about uh, telling you guys to fade the QB noise, but I kind of covered that in the Tyler Van Dyke talk earlier. Uh, So I'm going to talk about Kenny McIntosh, the Georgia running back. I tweeted a lot and talked a lot about McIntosh on this pod, and I got to say he's lived up to the hype. Uh, I knew he was the better pass catcher between him and Kendall Milton, but I, I, I think that was obvious based on their usage but I was not expecting him to go out and lead the Bulldogs in receptions through the first three games. He's also getting some work in the, in the run game too. Nothing fantastic, but his effort in the pass game is what's going to get him drafted next year. Uh, I fully expect him to be invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl this year as well, which is definitely going to improve his stock. I've grabbed him in a lot of my deeper leagues this offseason, and I really couldn't be more pleased with that call. I like it. I mean, we see, you know, the the pass catching back in James Cook got drafted pretty early. Now he hasn't done anything in the NFL. In fact, if anything, he has like negative points. But, um, you know, once again, playing the value game, if he gets drafted, then we saw what James Cook value, James Cook's value did once he was drafted, you know, fairly early. So, you know, we could see something similar with Kenny McIntosh here. How do you feel about Kendall Milton? Just, uh, you know, on like a tangent there, uh, because I, Obviously, he's he's the best running back there as far as like you know st- statistically, but I don't know that he's looking like all that amazing or anything. And people had some pretty high hopes for him as well. Yeah, I kind of put him in the same you know view as I had Zamir White last year. You know, I think he's probably going to get to the NFL, um, but he's really not you know blowing anybody away, which is upsetting because you know he's he's been a guy that a lot of the Debbie folks have been in on for a while. Um, but the fact that he's, you know, in a, I mean, even Dewan Edwards was getting carries last week. So he's not even really, you know, getting, uh, it's not even like a 50, 50 split between him and Macintosh. It's, there's a lot of, you know, mouths to feed. He's still good. I, you know, Georgia running backs are going to get drafted. So, um, but yeah, definitely disappointing. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see him, you know, maybe get into a good spot in the NFL, but I I don't know, you know, what that's going to look like. Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen these uh, Georgia running backs kind of disappoint recently more than, I mean, it's, it's early, but uh, you know, it it hasn't, it wasn't the best class for them. Let's just put it that way. So interested to see if he doesn't really like start standing out, if the NFL is just going to be like, "Ah, we really don't need another one of these, uh, these like middling depth pieces or anything like that. (laughs) Right. Well, that's good. We got, we got some misses off our chest, uh, feeling pretty good with the hits there, but why don't we take another quick break and then we will come back and we will talk about a certain player that could have some high draft capital, but is looking a little iffy right now. 
We'll be right back. I want to see the whole wide receiver core is what I'm paying attention to. You're playing Gibson. Yeah. That the Samuel leading the team with 11 targets. Terry McLaurin only had a handful, but he scored. Dotson scored twice, but he was out there. I think this might be a really weird situation for wide receivers. So be cautious with your Washington wide receivers, but play Carson Wentz and play him with confidence. That one took longer than I expected. <laughs> but, uh, never start Carson Wentz with confidence. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> it's, uh, he's done to do it. It's safe. He, he did. I mean, don't be wrong. Like he, he's done pretty well so far, like uh, fantasy football wise. But man, I I don't know if I could ever say that I actually started him with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know where you can have some confidence? That's underdog fantasy. Uh, the NFL season is underway, and you can still draft a new fantasy team each week on Underdog Fantasy to win cash prizes. Through their slick mobile app and user-friendly site, you can join a league and draft a team in just minutes. Plus, the folks at uh, Underdog are going to help you get started with a deposit match of up to $100 in bonus cash when you sign up and make your f- first deposit with the promo code Full Tilt. So just visit underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code FULLTILT, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code FULLTILT. Make sure you check out the Pick'em section and uh, go ahead and pick them. But why don't we go ahead and pick Andy's brain <laughs> about Keishon Boutte. Uh, what the hell's going on, man? Is this a Jaden Daniels problem? Is this the Keishon Boutte problem? Is this uh he just doesn't give a shit anymore problem? Like, I, I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, so just to, you know, put a frame of reference here, he's sitting at 10 receptions on 19 targets so far through three games, no touchdowns. His yards per team pass attempt is under one. His yards per route run is under one. And I, like I said, I don't know if it's due to the injury. I don't know if he's disgruntled with the coaching change. Um, I have to believe if it's if it's that, if it's some sort of like, I just don't give a shit. Like, why are you even still trotting out there, man? Just just say you're done. Opt out. Like, you can opt out. That's a thing now. And just, you know, start training for the NFL draft. Um I do believe that if he was healthy this offseason, he would have transferred. I think, you know, the fact that he was getting surgeries kind of kind of makes it difficult to go out and like, you know, get a school to offer you a scholarship. Um, so, yeah, definitely a weird situation. I think if he has a sell window, it is still open. But the price you were getting two months ago is off the table. Uh, he's looking like a late first round rookie pick next year at this point. Uh, given some of the running back performances that we've seen so far. Uh, I've personally cut all Boutte shares. I've already said that on this pod before. I did that like eight months ago. I think his price can go down more. Uh, so he's still a sell for me. But I will be attempting to scoop up a few shares once we do find the bottom, wherever that is. Uh, because we can't forget what he had going last year before the injury and his electric freshman season as well. Um he might have kind of like a George Pickens like redemption arc. I know that really isn't paid out in the NFL for George Pickens, but you know, he did have that value. We're talking the value game a lot this, this episode, but yeah, I think it's a big concern because he's obviously a lot of people's Debbie wide receiver one. And if he didn't have a one, he was probably at two. Um, So, I mean, he's not there anymore for a lot of people. Like you're not trading 
Jackson Smith and Jake. Well, not Jack. You're not going to trade Marvin Harrison Jr. for Keishon Butte straight up anymore. I don't think anyone's going to do that. Nope. So no, there's. I mean, I, I'd say there's at least ten players that I, I wouldn't ten wide receivers that I would not trade for Keishon Butte right now. Right. I mean, there's there's probably three to. I can think of three right now, just in the 2023 class that I have over him at this point. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, three off the top of my head, probably more than that, honestly, once we get, once we, you know, get, get down to it and have everybody's seasons finished up here, but it's just a bad year. I mean, you can't go out there and put those numbers up and expect NFL teams to not, you know, put a ding on your record. Yeah, I, I was always a little uneasy with his profile just because it, it was so incomplete. And, you know, like I'm, I know George Pickens was a great example because you know, not it's very, very early on in his career. I'm not trying to say he's a bust or anything like that. Um, I think he is a, a, a decent player. Um, I think it's going to take time, which we're starting to see, you know, even though the hype was insane you know now we see the actual football games are going on and he's doing nothing you know and and uh, with Keishon Boutte uh speaking of, of busts and all that kind of stuff I think he got so much hype because of year one when Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, got hurt and then he basically did exactly what Terrace Marshall Jr. did in his no it was, it was freshman season his freshman season so like obviously that's a bit different but we now know that Terrace Marshall Jr was terrible he's <laughs> not a good football player so uh it's not all that exciting when you look at the context there in his freshman season beyond the fact that he was so young and all that kind of stuff and then we get into the second year and he gets hurt so early on you know we I've learned from doing all the stuff that, you know, small samples do not work out very well in football because, you know, just for whatever reason, it could have just been that they played a certain couple of games where he just blew up and, and everything. Now, this is not me saying that I think the Keishon Boutte is a terrible player or anything like that. I'm just saying it was such an incomplete profile that I really felt like he needed this year. Whereas a lot of other people were saying that he didn't, you know, he could just opt out and be Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had like a 1800 yard season under his belt. Like, you know, uh, Keishon Boutte's never had that. I just, I don't see the parallels there beyond the fact that it's LSU and people thought that he was the number one wide receiver at some point. Um, I just, I, I'd really like to see it. Maybe it is injury related. Uh, I'm, I don't want to say I'm hoping it, but like, I'm, hmm. I'm, I don't know for his sake, maybe I am like, maybe it's just a slow start, that kind of thing. Uh, but I think that if he wants to be at this point, we have seen him not do all that well. And so if he wants to be drafted in the first round, uh, he's going to have to step up if it's not injury related, or if it's not, uh, you know, whatever, but if it's just in his head, then that's even worse, you know, like he, then, okay, well, you're not going to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft because you're literally getting beat out by Malik neighbors right now. You know? Right. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not mad about that. I have neighbors on my uh, on my C to C team, but you know, at the same time, I I had higher hopes for Butte, and like I said, I have higher hopes for Jaden Daniels as well. And you you want the all of the receiving or the best receivers to be doing the best things in order for the QB to actually do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some part of me just I I said it in the off season. I think he probably should have just opted out this season to begin with. Uh, I didn't think he st- stood anything to gain. Um, obviously, he had that injury, and I think it was probably 
worth it to try and, you know, come back and just show that the injury wasn't an issue anymore. I don't know if he's done that yet. Um, you know, just, I don't, I can't analyze movement and stuff like that. I'm not much of a film watcher. Um, I don't, I'm not, you know, in on NFL or football injuries and recoveries on <laughs> right. that or anything. So I can't just watch and be like, okay, well, that's not an issue anymore. But um, if he has done that, then I feel like there's nothing left to gain from this season because he's already put put it on tape, like what what he can do last year. But you do bring up a good point. Like he played the first half of the season, which included a lot of non-conference games. And then, you know, he obviously got hurt through the the thick of the SEC schedule. So, yeah, he looked great in the the first half of the season. But would he have kept that going, you know, once you start playing, you know, the that real, you know, murderer's row of the SEC schedule. I don't know. I guess we'll probably never know, uh, you know, just given the way this offense is running now and what he's done. It's it's pretty upsetting. Um, like I said, I think the bottom we haven't we haven't even found it yet. So uh, I, I would still I would still sell if you can at this point. I think you're going to get less, obviously, than what you could have a couple months ago. But um, I, th- I think it's going to go down even further. And then we buy later. <laughs> yeah, just to bring it all full circle, Zay Flowers is on a, a higher pace than uh, than he was in those six games. You know, as far as yardage and touchdowns. So you know, basically, what I'm saying, Zay Flowers is here. Keishon Butte is here. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, mark it down. Zay Flowers <laughs> over Keishon Butte, Johnny. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think that was a pretty small segment. I don't think we need to take another break here. So we'll just go ahead and dive into our uh, our predictions from last week, and then we'll get into the week four predictions. Uh, so, like we touched on earlier in the pod, I won. I'm the champ. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm I'm leading now, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no, well, you, but I I, you, you I, I, I won hand I, I won handedly. Uh, I believe that the line was uh, plus two and a half for LSU, and I believe that they won by like I don't know, fifteen points or something like that. Yeah, you were on top of that for sure. It just never really made sense to me. I, I didn't see Mississippi State winning that game. Uh, uh, I yeah, it, like I said, it didn't make any sense, especially the, the even if you didn't want to go the money line, just the the actual line itself that. Didn't make side, sense. Side note, Mississippi State, what is going on with them? Like their air raid offense is not raiding the air at all. So. <laughs> yeah, it's uh that is not looking too good. My uh, my buddy Omega is a big Mississippi State fan. He lives over there and uh he was not too happy, but he was he was trolling me in the beginning cuz I think they were up they were up by like a touchdown or something like that pretty early on. Oh yeah, and uh, and he jumped in the comments and in the chat and was like, "Oh, you know, look at that LSU losing, Mississippi State going all the way." And then I don't think that they scored another touchdown after that or or something. It was something to that effect. But Damn. yeah, they ended up losing pretty bad. So I was happy that he talked his shit when he did because it uh, it worked out well for for me and uh, and how I was feeling that night. <laughs> Yeah, and I definitely jinxed myself last week, like I said I was going to. Uh, Colorado State versus Washington State, I said they'd go over. Uh, Washington State scores 21 in the first quarter, so they're on pace to s- score, like, what, 84 points? The Both teams only managed to score 24 points the rest of the game, so I'm going to call it a bad beat. Uh, I think I should have been right, but I was not. 
Yeah, that's the only thing. And I think I remember mentioning something about like not loving the over. And I'm not saying that I felt a certain way about it or whatever. But when one team is just so utterly bad on offense and can't put up points, you have to rely so much on the other team to to you know put up all the points. And yeah. I just I don't like going with the over in that situation. I'm sure it works out sometimes, but you know I, I want both teams to be able to do it for sure. All right, so why don't we go ahead and dive into our week four picks then. Uh, As the champion of all time, I will go ahead and get started here. Thank you, thank you. And, and, you know, I I was looking through a bunch of games and everything, and I was looking through some lines, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be a homer. I'm going to go Florida, Tennessee. And I think Florida's defense has been very good. Now, their offense has not been amazing, although, you know, Richardson's looked okay at times for college football purposes. Uh, I just, but you look at all of their games, they've all been close, win or lose. Uh, they, they have, there haven't been like, you know, 30 point blowouts or anything like that. And Tennessee is projected to win or has a, a, a minus 10 and a half line. And so, yeah, give me that line. I'm not saying that Florida's going to win. I don't think they will. I guess there's always the chance that they could, but. I just don't see Tennessee winning by 10 and a half. It just, you know, you have to have more than a touchdown and a field goal. And I'm willing to make that bet there. <laughs> Interesting. It is in Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's looked good. Uh, obviously they, you know, had a rough, no, I wouldn't say, I mean, they won, they beat Pitt. It was an overtime. Um, but I mean, then they housed their two opponents from the Mac. So It'll definitely be a good game. You're right. Um, Florida, you know, they obviously lost to Kentucky on the road as well. Uh, but that wasn't by 10 and a half, 10 points. So I see where you're saying, like, you know, they could probably keep it close. Anthony Richardson's got to throw a touchdown pass at some point, right? <laughs> right. That's the thing. I, I, I do think they'll lose. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just don't think it's going to be by that much. Their, their defense is just too damn good to keep them in games. And there is always the chance that even if he doesn't throw for a touchdown, uh, you know, we've seen Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne both look pretty damn good in the run game. And then Richardson himself could obviously break away a big player too. So, you know, I don't think it's that insane to think that Florida can somewhat keep up with them enough to where it's not that insane, but I just, I don't know. That line bothers me. Maybe it's just cause maybe it's homerism, but the line bothers me. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you're lucky Lucas isn't here tonight because he'd have a thing or two to say about you picking against his voles. Why do you think I'm doing it while he's not here? <laughs> all right, all right, now it all makes sense. Uh, but I'll, I'll go ahead and drop mine here too. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, UNC at home against the Fighting Irish. Notre Dame finally did get its first win last week for Coach Freeman. They beat Cal on the road by seven. Uh, so they didn't get the cover in that game, but they did get the win. Buckner looked bad again. Uh, the run game wasn't exactly in- inspiring. Um, Josh Downs has been back at practice for UNC, so it seems like he'll be good to go. Uh, UNC had the week off last week, and they're at home. Uh, background's thirteen and five at home. You know, not a great, not a phenomenal record, but you know, still a pretty good record since becoming head coach in twenty nineteen. Uh, the game's basically a pick 'em. Give me Drake May uh, and the Tar Heels relatively easily. Notre Dame's looked so bad this year. 
Uh, they only have to win by a point and a half. So, yeah, I'll take uh, UNC with uh, one week off and not at home. Yeah, I like that call. We've obviously talked about Drake May and how much you like him, and that's been without downs for the most part. So, you know, I, I'd love to see. I can't. I really hope that Josh Downs is back and that we can see him uh, thrive. And there's just so much going on with the Notre Dame team. You know, with whether Buckner's healthy, and you know, even then he didn't look all that amazing. Um, I don't know if he's supposed to play or not. I haven't looked at looked into that yet, but um, I know that he was not looking too great before that. And then, uh, what's his name? Chris Pine or whatever the hell. Drew Pine, Drew, yeah. Drew Pine. Chris Pine. <laughs> Chris Pine. <laughs> the actor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he might actually be better because Drew, Pine's, <laughs> Drew Pine is terrible. But, uh, yeah. Although my boy, Audrey Gustame did blow up last week. So, you know, we're, we're hoping for, for big things out of him, but that doesn't mean that I think that they're going to win the game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I said Buckner looked bad. I meant Drew Pine looked bad because Buckner was out last week. But uh, yeah, either way, the Notre Dame down bad. Uh, you feel bad for Coach Freeman because I think he's a good coach, but it's just not working out this year. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if he's supposed to be back or not. But uh, but either way, I'm interested in watching that game. But now we need to be talking about some of the players that we want to be watching because, uh, you know, we, we got to see what's going on with some of these players. I'll go ahead and get into mine first because it's kind of boring. I've already talked about them, but it's Zay Flowers. I want to see, and I, I know, like I said, it sounds like cheating or, or whatever, but they haven't played like great teams yet. Um, and th- Florida state is not a great team by any means, but they are three, and zero, and they have surprised some teams and, and looked much better than they have in the past. So I want to see Zay flowers against Florida state this week. And I want to see it because like I said, I really do have high hopes for flowers at this point. And, uh, I just want to see him run and receive all over, uh, all over Florida state and just continue it on. And at that point, not to say that I'm ever going to feel bad about Zay Flowers, but if he doesn't do it, I might not be as excited next week when I come back. But assuming that he blows up and does what he does, uh, you know, I just think that this is if he can get off to like a four or five game like super stretch of just being amazing, it's really going to go far and people getting excited about him, him being on first round draft talk and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh... I'll just say it again. I like flowers, so I'm with you there. Um, I'll I'll jump into mine right now too. Um, I was gonna talk Braylon Allen, but then I, you know, going with a homer pick as well. But then I started looking at the game and it's Ohio State, and I felt like Travion Henderson was more of an interesting storyline. Um, but yeah, I mean Henderson, of course. Depending on who you ask, I think you get Henderson listed as either the Debbie RB one or RB two. I have met two. Although my boy Nicholas Singleton is really trying to get me to bump him down to three. Uh, but for Henderson, I think that we haven't really seen the explosive plays yet this year. And I'm not I'm not dogging on him because a lot of that's been due to the games being completely out of hand where as Ohio State's just winning. Uh, they did play that close game week one against Notre Dame where he led the team in carries and yards. But not by much. Uh, Mayan Williams only had one less carry and seven less yards in that game. Uh, he played well in week two, which was a blowout. And then he barely played last week, which was even more of a blowout. But now he gets uh, Wisconsin. Uh, their defense 
I believe is ranked 10th right now in the country run defense. Uh, and they're going to want to slow the pace of the game down. The Badger offense is going to put together drives where your defense might be on the field for over five minutes of game time. Uh, so they're going to need, you know, their superstar talent in Henderson to make some plays to extend the drives and give his defense a rest. Uh, we saw Wisconsin do it against Washington State a couple weeks ago where they just, you know, held the ball for 20 minutes out of the half. Uh so I want to see how he fares against, you know, an elite defense. Right now, Wisconsin's only given up 76 rush yards a game. I'm sure Ohio State gets more than that, but it's is it going to be a significant amount more? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I Like I said, I'm excited to see. So I want to watch that game, see how it goes down. I'm going to be rooting loudly for my Badgers to pull off the upset. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're 16.5-point underdogs. They're obviously on the road. Um, but I, you know... I want to I want to see him win, but uh, at the same point, I'm I'm going to be watching Travion Henderson and Braylon Allen as well, uh, just to see how those guys fare. Yeah, I like it. I love me some Braylon Allen, by the way. I just I really do. Dude looks like he's going to be a stud, even though a lot of people had question marks about him. Um, but uh, he's looking pretty damn good. As far as Trevion goes, I love me some Trevion. I think you're right with it's. It's been more about just uh, circumstance and things with with like what's happened so far. I mean, he's barely touched the ball, uh, and he's looked pretty good. I mean, he had four carries last week. It was and they won what seventy two to eighteen or twelve right. or whatever the hell it was. I mean, there was they, no reason for him to the ball, right? Yeah, exactly. And you don't want him to get hurt. I, I guess you know certain teams might be like, let's just you know run it down their throats and get you three hundred yards and you know pad your stats and do all that. But you know, I think when you're when you're at the level of Ohio State, like they have to think, let's keep them fresh for the NFL. Like let's not, you know, run a risk of getting them hurt on a stupid game. You know that we don't need him to, and like that kind of thing. It's just, you know, different, uh, different things for different teams. But you know, Arkansas State, he only had ten touches, but eight point seven yards, uh, you know, carry, two touchdowns. I will say, like you mentioned before, the big time run rate ha- is lower this year. But you know, when you're only talking about what. 29 total rushes like you know the odds are are definitely lower that you're gonna have those big time runs and so if he gets a game where he has 20 touches or 18 touches or whatever then hopefully we can see a little bit more of that explosive game because that was one of the things that i fell in love with last year you know he obviously had the whole thing like the whole shebang he he was receiving he was rushing he had you know he, he scored a lot of points as far as, you know, like I always look at PPR points per touch, that kind of thing. But that big time run rate, that always gets me. And, and he had it last year. I want to say it was a 15%. Um, and this year he's, he's closer to like five or six or something like that. Right. Interesting. And you're absolutely right. Like the sample size is just not there yet. And shout out to Ohio State for, you know, recognizing that because I, I don't think anyone's like worried about him you know, I don't want to put that sort of fear or make anyone think that I'm worried about him because I'm not, but uh, it will be good to see him play against a potentially a close game for once, um, even though they are 16 point favorites, uh, but also playing against a really kind of an elite college defense, which will be nice to watch as well. And like you said, they're going to need him. It's not, this isn't going to be the game where they screw around. So like they're going to need him. Uh, it's going to be a good defense. So I, I like that 
I'll be definitely watching if I can. I think I might have to work this Saturday, unfortunately. <laughs> but It's the late game. It's 7.30 on Friday. Oh, okay. Oh, that works out pretty well then. Uh, maybe yeah. I can watch it during happy hour. Oh, um, there you go. <laughs> actually that works out pretty damn well so i'll definitely put that up here on the third screen and i'll be watching that while i'm drinking with the boys but nice we're right around the hour mark here uh i think we've done a pretty good job of covering everything let's watch some college football this week and then we'll be back in your ears to talk some more uh players and i'll probably talk about zay flowers again uh, because that's, <laughs> that's my baby now <laughs> But while you're uh, while you're waiting before our next pod, go ahead and make sure you check out our Discord, which you can find on the True North Fantasy website. Uh, I believe it's in the top right of uh, their website. Uh, click on the logo there. Check out our Discord. Uh, it's always popping. Tommy T does a great job of uh, making sure that there's always content and discussions and, and great things like that. And they've even done, I don't know if they're still doing it, but uh, they've even done some like uh, games and, and, and things in their uh, giveaways and, and whatnot. So check that out. Make sure you check out the uh, the Fantasy Walkabout on Friday and all of the other Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network pods. And always make sure you come back to the Full Tilt Debbie pod and check us out again next week. But for now, we're cashing out. See you guys.